You know, we're going to end our conference with uh, a friend of mine from Oklahoma that named Cammie Cantu, and I am so excited about her being here. Y'all may have been here when her husband Manny spoke a while. I guess it's been over a year now since uh, Pastor Manny's been here, but uh, they blessed us then, and I know she's going to be a great blessing to you now. She's been someone whom I've known for many years, and I've never heard her minister without it being anointed and straight from the heart. She's very authentic, and that's one of the things I love about her. She is not about a show, and she is not about putting up any facade. She is very real, and I really believe that she's going to minister to you today. So y'all give her a big welcome to the house. I want to say this because um, I am 45. I started in the ministry at 21 as a youth pastor. I am still a youth pastor, and God is doing some shifting, but um, pastor's kid, and I, I know the ministry, been in the ministry, gone to a lot of women conferences, and I did not expect to get ministered to. I expected <laughs> to come and be the minister, to be heard, and hear my heart, not that you can hear me. But I thought I would be the one that y'all were going to listen to, not knowing that I would sit over there and listen, and I would be ministered to also. And you have ministered to me, not just the speakers, but just the atmosphere here is quite amazing because of you. Because of what you've brought into the house, you have to know, like I say, I've been to a lot of places. You can feel religion, and you can feel spectating, and you can feel judgment, and oh, dear God, what did I walk into, you know? And I'm like, oh, God, I I just thank you. Thank you. So I've been ministered to in a great way. It's so cool because, like, really, Jessica, how old are you? In your 20s? I love you, child. 25, I'm 45. Glory. (laughs) But, you know, I leaned over to her, and I said, I want to get with you, and I want you to show me how to get in the Word like you do. Because of the Word that comes out of that woman, she is studying the Word in a way I don't know of, or it would be coming out of me like that too. See, we got to come to a place that we can walk in humility going, I want what you got, and I ain't got that because it ain't coming out of me like that. Do you get that? And so I need to get with you. And can I just say, I'm just saying, if I was black, that's what I'd look like. Do I think, for real, stand up, Jessica, we look alike. Do you see it? Oh, I can't, yeah, I can hear it now. I can't believe she just called her black. Guys, I'm married to a Spanish man. I like it dark, so I'm not racist. <laughs> I like it dark. <laughs> I'm just saying. My Italian stallion, I like it dark. I like things brown. Um, it's all right. We're good. We're good. Well, Uh, God has told me to tell on myself. Imagine that, like I haven't already. Um, So it was really cool. Oh, good. Well, let's see if you love me towards the end. We'll get back on that. Um, Man, it started off with two ladies 
right there. Y'all were up here, and you said, okay, look at the person next to you, and um, three things you don't know about me. I mean, that hit me. Wow. I've got to look at her and tell her three things that she don't know about me. You know, immediately in the flesh, there's something inside of us that wants to tell you what you don't know about me, but we want to share the good and not the ugly and not the unknown and not the secret thing. You know, there's something about the Word of God when he says, share your sin unto one another. Share it. Not to expose you or punish you or condemn you, but maybe you can relate And maybe it'll bring healing to each other. And I had to sit there and share some stuff a lot of people don't know about. Then God has the audacity to say, you share it up there too. You go ahead and share the three things that they don't know about you. And don't you share your good. You share your ugly. So here's what you don't know about me. I have a fifth grade education only. Um, I had to be homeschooled my high school years because I was failing high school. Went to a Christian school for a year, uh, came out of public school, had a call on my life, went to a Christian school where Katie and Stephen come from, CMA, but I wasn't cutting it there as a freshman, wasn't passing. So my mother quits being a school teacher of 22 years to homeschool her daughter with a learning disability who could not read. The um, second thing you don't know about me, I read my first book last year, a year ago. Yeah. Um, from beginning to end, uh, Lisa Brevere, Without Rival. Yeah. Woo! And um, wow. And so if you, I've been hearing a lot about read the word, read the word, and that's all, I, that's all I know how to read is the Bible my whole life, except last year. I got set free of fear of I can't. Because I was told my whole life I can't. I can't. You can't because of dyslexia. You can't because of this learning disability. And I bought the lie. And so when I look at you and I say, I want to know how to study the word, I mean it. I want to know. Um, the third thing you don't know about me is this is not my natural hair color. <laughs> it is really gray. <laughs> God. Jesus, take the will. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I don't have gray. I grow. I grow gray. If you know, if you are, yeah, you can read. There's so, it's different in having gray and growing gray. So I know you're growing hair while I grow gray. I don't know what's worse. I'm just saying. Man, okay, so the theme of today, flourish, flourish. In Psalms 12 uh, through 15, Psalms 12 through 15, let's pray. Jesus, I ask for closure today. That he who has begun a good work in this conference now will complete it and finish it. 
I thank you, Father God, that you are going to seal some things in us and close up some things in us that has been open for too long. And I thank you that, Holy Spirit, that as we sit here among you, that you just come and overwhelm us. Comfort us, Holy Spirit, like only you can. Begin to mend us, convict us, challenge us, stir us, reveal to us, redeem us, heal us. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you that we get to sit in a service in freedom, to be free, to be released, to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 12, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong. Stop right there. May I say this? Why? Because I, I was like, why palm tree, God? Why palm tree? Why not a cedar tree or a fig tree? Why are we being referred to as the palm tree? But the godly will flourish like a palm tree and grow strong. A palm tree is the strongest tree there is. Now get this. It can weather any storm and not be broken. In fact, when a hurricane hits, now get this, that is what causes the palm tree to grow because its roots will grab the earth and grip it, going deeper during the storm. Once the storm is over, the palm tree is better because of it. It was the storm that caused the palm tree to grow. It is your storm that will cause growth inside of you in a way you've not known of. It will cause what's in you to grow deep, to grab the Lord himself within you in a way you not know of and grow in character and grow in might and grow in strength like you don't know of and flourish in a way like you never have before. And only a storm can do that. And notice after a hurricane, the only thing standing will be a palm tree. So it goes on to say, For the palm tree, they are transplanted to the Lord's house. Ha ha, the house. You got to know this right now. I think some of you, God, listen to this. He has transplanted you here. You've been transplanted. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green, and they will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. I believe that you heard God when he said, name this flourish. I looked up the word in the dictionary flourish, and it says this, to grow or develop in a healthy, vigorous way in a particular environment. You must know this about a palm tree. It has to be in the right environment in, uh, to be able to grow. Not only does it have to be in the right environment to grow, it has to be in the right environment to survive. And if you notice when you leave here today, you don't see any beautiful palm trees out there. There's a reason for that. Where I live in Oklahoma, you won't see any palm trees. Why? They could not survive that environment. So what are you saying, Cammy? Here's what I'm saying to you. To be able to flourish, you must be in the right environment. Because if I don't stay in the right environment, 
I cannot flourish in the way that he wants me to. I cannot become who he wants me to become. But Cammie, the word says that my footsteps were ordered and directed by the Lord. That is true. But you must be lined up in order, in position, in the right environment for your steps to be ordered and directed by the Lord. Why? Because you got a will. And we've been hearing a lot about God's will, God's will. But here's the thing. For me to be in God's will, i got to, listen, be lined up. My will has to line up with his will for me to be in the will of God. Has to be. It goes on to say about flourish in the dictionary. A bold or extravagant gesture or action made especially to attract the attention of others. Now get this. When I begin to flourish, that that God wants to be attracted to me will be attracted to me. When I begin to flourish, things are attracted to me. Things are drawn to me. Doors begin to open up. People begin to obey. All of a sudden, things are added to my life. And when I flourish, that's what happens. I draw attention, get this, not to myself, but to who lives in me. It's the God in me. When you flourish, people will be drawn to you. They can't help to be drawn to you. And this is why God wants us to flourish. Because he's wanting others to be drawn to himself. In Genesis 24, I'm about to read about one woman's extravagant gesture that attracted a man's attention in such a way, now hear this, that it caused this woman's everyday experience to turn into an encounter. I think we need less experience and more encounters. When I flourish, my everyday experiences will turn into an encounter. It's an encounter with God that will cause my everyday experience to all of a sudden begin to flourish. As women, we have a lot of experience. We have experience in being a wife. We have experience in being a mom. We have experience in being a maid at the house. We have a lot of experience being a chef, a taxi driver, employee, employer, stay-at-home mom, a minister. Oh, and let's not forget a lover. However, by the time we've experienced all that I just mentioned, lover is not at the top of the list. Can I get amen? Amen. I speak from experience, and so do you, it sounds like. Know this. Even though we have a lot of experience, doesn't mean we're flourishing in those experiences. Okay? Hear that. See, God's not called you to just experience life. I hope you're just not having an experience in church. We have a lot of experience in the church today. And see, God's not me, called me to have an experience in church. God doesn't want me to just experience him. He wants me to encounter him. See, he doesn't want you to just experience life. He wants you to encounter life. And as I begin to flourish, it's when I flourish that all of a sudden I begin to, the experience turns into an encounter. 
In Genesis 24, it talks about this woman's experience that is about to turn into an encounter. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis 24, and let's start with 42. I'm going to get there really quick. I'll make it easy for you in Genesis, amen? Now again, we're talking about a woman's everyday experience. Something she has to do every day, that she does every day. I mean, because here's the deal. When you leave here, you're going to go back to an experience. That when you left the house, you experienced something. You're going to go right back to that experience, aren't you? Okay. 42. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. Oh, Lord God of my master, Abraham. Please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside the spring, and this is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a drink of water from your jug. And if she says, yes, have a drink, I will draw water for you and your camels too. Then let her be the one that you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Verse 45. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with water jugs on her shoulder. She bent down to, to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank, and then she watered the camels. Verse 48, then I bowed low and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he led me straight to the master's niece to be his son's wife. Verse 53, then I brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented it to Rebecca, and they were married. Now hear this. Rebecca is having the same experience every day over and over again, day after day, drawing water from the same well. Until one day, she turned that experience into an encounter and flourished in a way at that well that she had never flourished in before. And because she made the choice... To flourish at that well that day like she never has before, she encountered a lifestyle that she never would have dreamed of. Do you understand? See her everyday experience because I'm, I'm going to flourish today. I'm going to go a little, little extra mile and then some. Oh, I see this man needing water and his camels too. Do you understand how many camels there were? Do you understand the amount of water that she was taking to the camels and to him too? See, she didn't have an attitude at what she's having to do every day. Oh, great. Are you kidding me? Who's that guy with all those camels? I bet he wants me to water him. He looks so thirsty. Okay, well, I'm going to water him, but I ain't watering them. Those nasty things to be spitting water on me anyway. You know what I'm saying? She didn't have that attitude. Can you imagine if she would have had that attitude? Well, you're not the one. You're not the one. For my master, you're not the one. I mean, she lit after that experience, her everyday experience. I think I'm going to flourish today in a way I never have. Encountered a life she never would have dreamed of. See, we have to experience the same thing over and over again every day. Same kid. 
Have you, that, have you ever noticed that? <laughs> Every day, it's, oh, it's you again. <laughs> I mean, for real. Same husband, same experience, same house, same car, same issues, same hurt, same sin, same church. Come on. Oh, but when I begin to flourish in that everyday experience, I'm not, I'm not even, it's not even an experience anymore. It's an encounter that I'm getting to have. Why? Because I'm encountering my master. Instead of, instead of experiencing my situations and my husband and my kid and their issues. Come on, are you hearing me? See, the definition of experience has the same definition of flourish. Experience, an event or an occurrence that leaves an impression on someone. Rebecca made an impression on Isaac's servant in such a way that it turned her ordinary experience into an extraordinary encounter. Who'd have thought a well would create that kind of encounter of a lifetime? Being at a well? See, listen, who'd thought folding laundry, changing diapers, watching your kid from the stadium? Yeah. Yeah could create an encounter of a lifetime for you. If you just will choose to flourish during that experience. God wants to turn your everyday experience into an encounter with Him. With Him. With Him. See, I, I don't want to just experience God. In the same way. Are, are you tired of that? Or is it just me? I'm done with experiencing you in the same way. Oh, Sunday after Sunday. Year after year. Having the same experience over and over again. No God, I want to encounter you. In such a way that tomorrow morning when I go to my same church and I sit in my same seat, I will all of a sudden want to have such an encounter with you that my experience on a Sunday morning begins to change. I want to encounter you in such a way that my experience the next day in my home begins to change. I want to have an encounter with you in such a way that my marriage begins to change. That the experience in the ministry that I've been doing for years and years begins to change. My prayer time begins to change. The reading of the word begins to change because I've encountered the master. An encounter is what causes my daily experience to change. David experienced something out in the field. Just a shepherd boy. Now think about this. But because of that experience, listen, it turned into an encounter as a king. He started as a shepherd boy. And that experience turned into an encounter as a king. Why? Because he flourished out in the field. That's it. That's it. But get this, he had to experience the field before he could encounter the crown. You can't have an encounter without the experience. 
wish you could. <laughs> but it don't work that way. It's the experience that causes the encounter. It's, and then it's the encounter that causes me to flourish in who I am with God and what he is calling me to do in my everyday experiences. Are you willing to go through an experience to have an encounter with God? This woman right here has had to experience or had to five years of breast cancer. But I can promise you, she has probably encountered God in a way that she never had before had it not been for the experience. Sometimes my bad experience will cause me to encounter God in a way I never knew of. What are you willing to go through? What experience right now are you willing to go through? Not stay in, go through. So that you can have an encounter with God. Hear this, the experience will only last for a season. But the encounter will last for a lifetime. You know, you know, Rebecca had a season at the well. A season. But then encountered a lifetime of riches. <laughs> David only experienced the field for just a season. Just a season. And then encountered being king for a lifetime. See, a lot of us want an encounter without the experience. People want to be in the ministry like a Stephen Furtick. Hello. Love it. We, we want to be in the ministry like a Christine Kane or, or dear Lord, a Lisa Bevere, Joyce Myers. And we, we want to be able to do the praise and worship like Bethel and that Stephanie lady. And, oh, and it's amazing. And, and you know, we, we just, oh, I want that. You know, but here's what you don't know. Those ministers have had to go through an experience that you'll never know about. You'll never know. And see, what you don't know is what they've had to experience in the private. You get to see the public encounter, but you'll never know their private experience to get that public encounter and to have that kind of a ministry, have that kind of anointing. Are you hearing me? See, it's what I experience in private that determines who I will be in public. Privately, David experienced God as a shepherd boy. And because of it, encountered a lion and a tiger and a bear. He encountered Goliath. But get this, but once he got in the public eye as king. Now hear this. And all of a sudden, he's having the experience of being a king. The experience got ahead of the encounter with God. And all of a sudden, he stopped having encounters with God, and that's why he had an encounter with Bathsheba. You can't let the experience... Get ahead of your encounters with God. What am I saying in this? We can't stop having encounters with the Lord. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care how anointed you might become. We can't stop having an encounter with God. Because Satan will make sure once you stop encountering him, oh, he'll make sure you encounter another him. He'll make sure you encounter another source of another form of another kind that will rip you down and tear you up. Oh, yeah, look at you, David. Now you're experiencing being king. You're the big man. You were out there encountering God out in the field, but you're good now. You don't need to do that. You just need to stay on your roof and experience the sun, experience life while your men go at war. You just do you, David. And he encountered Bathsheba. We can't stop having encounters with God. Not all experiences in life are good. But what I'm learning, the harder the experience might be, the greater the encounter will be. The more I have to experience in life, the more of an encounter with God I will have. Some of you right now, the lady with the black sequences... You're having a hard experience. But just know you're about to have the greatest encounter of your life because of what you're having to experience right now. It's coming. In Exodus 2, 1 through 3, it talks about a woman's experience that turned into an encounter. Verse 1. A man, it's Exodus 2, 1 through 3. A man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and had a son. She saw there was something special about him, so she hid him. She hid him for three months. But when she couldn't hide him any longer, she got a little basket and placed him in it, and then she let it afloat down the river. Hear this. When Moses' mama had to experience placing her baby in a basket and letting him go, that experience wasn't easy. Guys, that experience was hard. However, get this, it is what, it's what caused Moses to have all the encounters he had. Had it not been for her experience, he would have never encountered the life he did. He would have never encountered the, bur the burning bush. He would have never encountered the Red Sea splitting. Are you hearing me? Get this, because of one woman's experience of letting him go, he got to encounter a lifetime of being somebody else because of her experience of letting him go. Listen to this. If you let go of the experience, you will have an encounter of a lifetime. But you got to let go of the experience. Until you do, you can't have the encounter. Can you imagine if Moses' mama I don't want to let him go. I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know what I'm going to have to experience and all the emotions, and, and I, I just don't know if I can do it. Thank God she didn't make the experience personal. See, a lot of times, whatever I'm experiencing, we make it personal, and we can't let it go. Uh, just think, if you would have let, let it go, your life would have been spared. Can you imagine if she would have made it so personal, not let him go, it would have killed him? you got to let go of the experience or it'll kill you. Maybe not physically, but on the inside, it'll take you out. It'll eat away at you. Hear me? Let go of the experience so you can have the encounter. Don't make the experience personal. It is for those to encounter what can only come through your experience. 
Thank God she didn't make it personal. Right now, what are you experiencing? What are you experiencing? God is using for you and others to encounter him in a life you know not of. Don't focus on the experience. Focus on the encounter. Well, Cammie, you just don't know what all I've had to experience in life. No. But what I do know, the more you experience, the more you'll encounter. You must experience it before you encounter it. Moses experienced slavery before he could encounter being the one to set the slaves free. A bad experience can be turned into one of your greatest encounters ever if you allow it. You've got to allow it. It's got to be your will. Will you? Some of the greatest encounters that happen through women and men of our time flourished in a way that has made history. It's only because of what they had to experience in life. However, they turned the experience into an encounter. Martin Luther King experienced slavery but had an encounter with God. And during that encounter, a revelation came from his bad experience. That experience turned into an encounter, and then a movement followed. Now hear this. The whole point of having an encounter is for a movement. That's it. See, I'm all about revival. However, I think revivals have passed. We need a movement in the church. We've had enough revivals in the church. What we need now is a movement because a movement is not for the church. A movement is for the world. And I realize that a revival gives us goosebumps, but can I be honest with you? An encounter is not for a goosebump. An encounter is for a movement. It's for a movement. But I'm telling you now, to be that kind of man, (laughs) you're going to experience some pain. You're going to experience some suffering. You're going to experience some trials. Are you willing to go through the experience? Billy Graham had an encounter with God that caused a movement of evangelism because he experienced a passion for the sinner. Encounters create movements. But an encounter won't happen without an experience. Right now, there is a movement happening called Me Too. Because of, listen to this, because of all of those women's experience behind closed doors, other women are now encountering justice and their voice is being heard. Not all experiences will be good. Yet that which was meant for evil, God will turn around for your good. I think we'd be shocked if I said, let me see a show of hands. If you're a me too this morning or this afternoon, let me see a show of hands. And there's hands going up all around. Me too. But hear me, get this, I'm not a survivor of it, (laughs) I'm a thriver because of it. Do you get that? Can I tell you why? 
because of who's in me. I've encountered the man on the inside of me. Do you get that? Maybe I experienced sexual abuse but because of who I've encountered on the outside. It doesn't matter what's happened to me on the outside. Who I've encountered on the inside, sorry. I didn't realize well, time's up. Okay, are y'all sure? Okay. Here's what I want to say. Really get this. There's a difference in an experience and an encounter. An experience is what happens to you. An encounter is what happens in you. Get that. What? Get this. What I encounter in here can change the whole atmosphere out here. What you choose to encounter on the inside can change the whole experience on the outside. I want to bring up another woman. Her name was Rosa Parks. That woman had an encounter on the inside of her as she sat at the back of the bus. Listen to the way encounter sounds. In, count, hear. It's inward. This is an outward experience, but it's on the inside. In, count, hear. Where does Jesus live? In here. He doesn't live here. He lives in here. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In here. And as she sat at the back of the bus, she had an encounter that day. Yet she was experiencing on the outside ridicule, rejection, abuse. But she didn't allow the experience to keep her where she was. And get this, when she had an encounter, she wasn't in a church service. She was at the back of a bus. Are you hearing that? And had encounters such a way on the inside that this is what she did. You know what? I ain't going to stay where I'm at. I'm not going to let this experience keep me where I'm at. But I'm going to allow this encounter on the inside to let me rise up. And instead of staying where I'm at, I'm going to go where I belong. See, an experience wants to keep you where you're at. But an encounter will take you where you belong. Hear that. Had Moses' mama not experienced what she did, Moses would have died. He would have never gone where he belonged. Rosa's people would have never gone where they belonged had she stayed at the back of the bus that day. Hear that. I've got a lot more, but I'm just going to go right where God wants me to go. I want to say this. Um, a woman with the issue of blood had a major experience for 12 years. A long experience. Yet, she encountered him. Why? Because she moved from where she was to where she belonged. She didn't stay in the experience. But guys, she had to make the first move. Jesus didn't go to her. She went to him. And I hope you're hearing that. She moved from where she was in the condition, in the experience, to just go encounter him. And it was that encounter that healed her. And I want to bring this up. 
Why was it that her encounter, because everybody that day was encountering him. Do you remember that? What made her encounter any different from the rest of the, of the encounters? Everybody's touching him. What made her encounter different? Because if you remember, even Jesus recognized it. And he said, whoa, someone just encountered me. Oh, oh, master, we're all having an encounter with you. What do you mean? No, 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 no. Someone encountered me in such a way that I felt power leave my body. Who was it? And you know what? That woman's me. Why was her encounter so different? Because her experience was so different for 12 long years. And that's why her encounter was different than their encounter. Because her experience was different than their experience. Are you hearing that? But yet it caused her to touch the master in such a way. Power left his body that day. Yeah, they just walked to Jesus, but she had to crawl to him. Are you getting that? Her experience made her crawl, made her press through when they just got to walk up to him and touch him. See, sometimes my experience will cause an encounter of a lifetime. And maybe you say, Kimmy, you don't know what I've, what I've had to experience. But I can tell you this, you don't know what you're about to encounter. And, and you know what? There are a lot of people that will never have to experience what you have had to experience. But I promise you, they'll never get to encounter him in the way that you're about to encounter him. Please hear that. And I end with this. I'm trying to end with this. I'm flipping through all my notes. Another woman, similar to the woman with the issue of blood, was a woman who was labeled because of all of her experiences with men. She had many experiences with many men. She was labeled a prostitute because of her experience. I want to say this. See, some of what we experience in life is because it was injected. It, it, it was, you know, some of it's self-inflicted. Meaning, it was done to me. It wasn't by my choice. But yet, she didn't let... An experience and a label. They labeled her experience, you prostitute. She didn't let that experience keep her from an encounter with God. And some of you sat where you sat because maybe you caused it. Don't let a label from an experience keep you from having an encounter with God. Are you hearing that? But let that bad experience that maybe you caused push forward. And I love where she encountered him, Katie, out in the open. Same thing with the woman with the issue of blood, out in the open. Same thing with Rosa Parks, out in the open. Same thing with Billy Graham and Martin Luther King. All of their encounters were out in the open. People will call your encounter a waste. But I don't encounter him for their opinion and their approval, and their praise. I have something to say to you. you got to move from where you are 
to go where you belong to encounter the master today. You are sitting right now, maybe in a place that God is saying, if you will move from the experience and go, you will encounter me. But until you move from where you are to go where you belong, you'll never encounter me. She moved first. Jesus didn't make the first move. Some of you right now, you're waiting on God to make the first move. He says, I've already made the move. Now it's up to you. I've already made the move. And can I be honest with you? In the way that God's going to tell you to move, it's going to be so uncomfortable for you. There was nothing comfortable about her move that day. Can you imagine sitting at the back of the bus and you're having an encounter? I'm as equal as the white man. God says he's no respecter of anybody. He says he sees me equal. And she's sitting back there having an encounter and something rises in her. Get up, Rosa. Get up, Rosa. Oh, God, if I get up, if I walk down that bus aisle, they may curse me. They may stone me. They may burn me. But she didn't allow an experience to keep her from an encounter. And she sat by the white man that day. And because of it, a movement happened. What's an encounter? For a movement. I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll get out of the experience and let that thing move you, let the experience move you, Moses, let the experience move you, Rosa, you'll have such an encounter, a movement will come from you. I am up here today because of one woman's encounter. One woman's encounter. I sat where you are. And I experienced God in a way that wrecked my life. And I said, God, I want to encounter you like that someday. And because of that woman's encounter, a movement happened called Brook Hill. And guess what? Stephen and I are the same product of one woman's encounter. And a movement came. And now because of that one woman's encounter with God, Stephen encountered God. Cammie encountered God. Now the house, the movement has happened. Faith Center Church has happened because of one woman's encounter. I'm telling you right now, I don't know how you're going to encounter God, but don't you think that your encounter is insignificant? You'll never know how it's going to impact my life and the life surrounds you. You'll never know who's sitting by you and you have an encounter and it causes this them to want to have an encounter and a movement will come from that encounter and that's what encounters are all about there's a movement that's going to come and I'm telling you it's coming through women now I'm prophesying this right now and I'll end with a video but I hear this in my spirit the, the reason the enemy prophetically I'm hearing this the reason you've had to experience the breast cancer. The reason you've had to experience what you are with the daughter. Some of you, the reason, when, you, when I said, uh, show me a show of hands if you're a me too and your hand was going up. See, there's, there's an assignment of a bad experience that the enemy has tried to put upon the woman for a long, long time. Because let me tell you something about a woman. When she has an encounter, something gets produced from this woman that will change nations. See, it was Mary that had an experience when the angel came to her. And she encountered Jesus. And looks what's come. Get your eyes off the experience. Get your eyes on the encounter. Get your eyes off the experience and go let that experience. You know what? Oh, come on. There has to be a Judas before there was a Jesus. 
thank God for Judas because Jesus was what? It produced destiny. Even Jesus had a bad experience with the Judas. Somebody do you wrong? Go ahead and do what you've come to do. Go ahead and experience it because what I'm about to encounter and it'll create a movement. And I feel that strong. You're about to move in ways you do not know of. A movement's going to come through you like you've never seen before. If you get out of the experience. You know, I'm, that's my prayer is that we go back and our homes are different because we have women deciding to flourish. That our job atmospheres, we're going to flourish in the season and the experience that we're going through, we're going to flourish. I know there's people in this room that have been looking for a job and they have not been able to get a job in months. And they're going to flourish in the waiting, in the season. They're, I, I'm just believing for great things from this. Not because tomorrow is going to be the movement. It's because today it starts the movement. And then in our home and our, with our children, that we can't even estimate the fruit that's going to be born.